This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. A very big announcement on Tuesday, November 15th at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. Judging, I'm just taking the temperature of the room. Interns, producer Hannah Marsh, Housworth, Bell. Looks stunning today, by the way. You can see on our YouTube feed. Uh, and you Thank can you. agree with me. Place your votes now. <laughs> it's horrible. Objectualizing her. Uh, <clears throat> but I can see just as I'm reading the room here, this big announcement Trump is supposed to make today. I got to be honest with you. I don't see a whole lot of excitement amongst anybody here in the room. Is it just me, Steph? I'm not very excited. Houseworth. You know, he's got a, he still has a lot of support in the base. There is no doubt. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's hard to say how, how much compared to DeSantis and stuff, but certainly all you have to do is go back and look at those who voted, Republicans who voted to impeach um, or, or criticize him, and they seem to all get defeated um, in the primary. Uh, perfect example is the congresswoman from Wyoming. That said, he seems to be angering more and more on on the Republican side, but he's still he's still a power player, certainly, and he carried Missouri overwhelmingly twice. So we'll see. I I don't know, and I, I don't believe, I don't I believe know. Missouri would have won all those uh, besides his vote in Missouri. Uh, what did he introduce? He, he uh, endorsed Eric. Yeah, I remember right. that. Uh, I think we did okay without any of Trump's help. You think Missouri voters would penalize him for that troll and for the? You know, people who are really anti-Eric Greitens for not just coming out and straight endorsing Schmidt? Good question. I uh, think they would. And I, you know, and the question for me tonight is, is he really going to announce anything? Because it kind of went crazy on Twitter whenever he made the announcement about the announcement, you know, a week ago that Trump's got an announcement tonight. And then he pulled a DeSantis and was like, I have an announcement about an announcement. So I'm still not, like, going to hold my breath that tonight isn't some sort of other weird troll and it's not the actual announcement. That's where my money is. You ain't going to do something weird here. You got to dig us out, man. That's what I'm thinking. Um, we do know a race, another race overnight goes down. That race, the gubernatorial race in Arizona. Carrie Lake, the Republican, uh, she loses. It's a heartbreaker. Um, that's a heartbreaker. Uh, but still the good news, record number of uh, Chick governor, uh, governors nationwide. Women governors. Women governors. Record number of women in the Missouri Senate. Very good. Excited about that. I think it, they said 12. Tracy McCreary tweeted out that there will be 12 women out of 34 yes. in the Missouri Senate. And that there are. Yours to yes. be a record? You, and Stephanie, you are correct. I noticed progressive Twitter, though, uh, you probably saw this, is saying they don't count Mary Elizabeth Coleman as, as one of their oh, own. Oh, goodness. They, did, they are saying that on progressive Twitter. Um, I saw several. All one has to do is go to Tracy McCreary's tweet and look at the responses from progressives, and you'll see exactly what I'm referring to. So polls right now show Trump is behind DeSantis by we're already we're already polling for 2024. We're barely, barely picked ourselves up by the bootstraps and got across the line of the midterms of 2022. And I'm standing up and boom, 2040, 2024 right in the face, man. Basically a permanent campaign. I mean, uh, almost no time for governing. And, you know, that's that's kind of the way it is. And it looks like it'll start immediately. And we have so many open seats in Missouri, so, you know, we, we have an idea of who might run for governor, although, you know, there's been rumors that other people than the main two might get in the race that we know about. 
um, or that we think we know about. Uh, but then what about lieutenant governor? Um, what about, um, you know, if somebody gets appointed attorney general, what about that primary? Yeah. Uh, what about, you know, would the governor's appointment for treasurer get primaried? I mean, I think we're going to have a, a huge uh, primary season in Missouri in 2024. And I'm agreeing with what Mike is saying on the text. If Trump wins the primary, we will lose in the general. And I believe that because I'll go back to the candidates that he endorsed for the generals. You endorse them in your own party when you're in that same hall that seats 15,000 people. Man, it's rockish. Yes, people love me. And then you get out in the real world where you got to convince millions of people to vote for you. It doesn't always, doesn't always uh, translate. So I'm with Mike on, the, on that one. The Missouri ever-Trumpers are just hoping and praying tonight. Trump, four more years. Like the sign in my neighbor's yard. Really? You're yep. seeing one of those in uh, in your neck of the woods. I've seen a few already. So who would you? So now everybody's problem. Okay. So who else could be a presidential contender? Ron DeSantis, first and foremost. Matter of fact, in some polls that have been done, he is leading those. Ted Cruz. Uh, what about Mike Pence? He sure sounded like it last night talking to ABC, didn't he? Man, he got a little emotional there. Talking about the events of January the 6th. Do you feel like he was putting on a little bit? I hate to question, but I do feel like sometimes it is responsible to question everything. Mike Pence starting to get a little emotional when talking about the dates of January the 6th and his interactions with Trump. Seemed to put on a little bit. Seemed to get a little emotional because he knew he was hanging out with George Stephanopoulos and he knew it was a camera there and he knew that we would be talking about it the next morning. Did you get the feel, Marsh, that maybe he was putting on a little bit? Or was he pretty genu uh, genuine whenever he got uh, got a little emotional. I don't know. Politician and his mouth was moving. You know, you know that old line. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's some real emotion there because I think it was pretty scary. No matter who you were. How about Nikki Haley? It's time for a chick president. I think woman president. It's time for a woman president. I think Nikki Haley. Folks like her. Mike Pompeo, he, by the way, Mike Pompeo, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but like he's working out, losing weight, looking good, taking care of himself. I don't know if that makes you qualify or any he's better. He's either newly single or running for office. What do you, what is that? Is that what you're saying? Look at me. I look good. I just went through a divorce. I do think that people are, you know, that given social media and news and everything else, I think that appear, we've talked about this before. Appearance has become, I think, more important. What is it they tell these campaigns a lot of times when people start getting out on the campaign trail? Like, oh, yeah, get a haircut, go spend some time on the tanning bed, uh, maybe get your teeth did, and uh, w walk with your head held high, speaking I, speaking directive sentences. What about Tim Scott out of South Carolina? We've heard his name mentioned, yeah. too. Mm. I like him, too. too. Uh, would love Tim Scott, because here's the thing, a lot of these others, and I don't know so much in this batch that we have been talking about, but they're talking, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and people like that. That's 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 really the biggest problem. There is a lot of weird people. So I love the weird. They're standing up against the man. You can stand up against the man and you don't have to be weird or yeah about it. You don't have to be weird about it. Greg Abbott. Or crazy. Or crazy. <laughs> or Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Uh, you just don't have to be crazy about it. Some of the stories we're going to be working on uh, as we go out through the day. Today, oh, by the way, so the House as it is this morning, House still up for grabs, very likely Republican. That begs the next question. Who's going to be House Speaker? Everybody pointing at this dude named Kevin McCarthy. 
Does he got enough of that weirdness in him that we're like, no, man, get us a better leader? Well, the margin is so thin that people thought, you know, if there was a red wave, it was him, no problem. But yeah, now there's there are discussions. I don't know how that's going to shake out. Don Bacon, a congressman from Nebraska, suggested suggested, according to NBC, um, that he would be willing to work with uh, Democrats to find a moderate speaker. So, it, it, again, it's just we'll have to wait and see. There's another uh, guy from the Freedom Caucus, Congressman Biggs. So uh, we'll see. They're still counting votes, so it's hard to tell. But uh, NBC did project that Republicans will have control. I think the number they gave was 219 to 216. I think your buddy Matt Gates said he wasn't going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. I think he said he wasn't going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. And I think was it in Florida? They got the uh, the youngest, this is Gen Z, or the youngest uh, lawmaker on a federal level, 25 years old. 25 years old making decisions going to affect a 51-year-old Brian Housworth and a 38-year-old Stephanie Bell. We need to bring back would you rather. Would you rather have a 25-year-old making your decisions or an 80-year-old? I can imagine Matt Gates saying, 25, we need him younger. Oh, we need him younger. <laughs> uh, did I, I think uh, we're going to end up with a younger nominee. That's for sure. I think people weren't ready to vote for like a Pete Buttigieg or a young person in the last election, like people in in my age range, because they're like, oh, that person's like close to my age. Like, I don't feel comfortable running the, you know, country that we need someone older and more mature. And I think that's we're going to swing back the other way. I think we're going to find someone younger. The other thing happening this morning, we have some snow on the uh, local roads. How much yes. do we get overnight? How's worth? Depends on where you're at here in Columbia, uh, anywhere from an inch to two inches. Jefferson City is not under the advisory. That's important to note. However, there are slick spots in Jefferson City. And while the advisory does not include Brandon Jefferson City, they're urging people to slow down. But we could see up all the way through noon up to another inch of snow. So uh, there are slick spots. The biggest thing the authorities are saying right now, Public Works specifically, is to slow down right now. Uh, CPS, as of right now, and I checked in a couple times with Michelle Baumstark last night at CPS, they are still on their regular schedule right now. But uh, the winter advisory, winter weather advisory goes, goes through noon. Ashland's in there, Moberly, Fayette. Basically, Columbia Ashland points to the north, northwest, and northeast is where this advisory is. So right now, 32 doesn't look like any snow piling up on roads. Of course, you want to be careful on overpasses and on bridges and slow down. And I know you get tired of hearing us say this every time for every snowfall, but especially for the first snowfall of the season. Uh, we highly encourage, and I know you know it, slow down, be careful, and what happens? By the end of 9 o'clock this morning, we're going to be having some kind of traffic report out on 50 or 54, 63, cars got jacked up. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It doesn't happen this morning. We're going to get uh, Christopher Arps, his take on what went down over the past seven days. Meanwhile, getting ready for the daily D.C. rundown with Stephanie Bell. What's underneath the circus tent this morning? Eric Schmidt dunking on Biden again right. yesterday in the courts. Ooh, I'm anxious to see what he... Uh, he's good at dunking as a former basketball player. He's, and He's pretty tall. And as an attorney general, he can dunk. What was that? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Uh, I can't have trouble reading this. Reuters, uh, the tangent about votes. World stage, there you go, Joe. Go on and rep us well. Joe Biden, G20. Uh, 
going as expected, and that's getting us into today's Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. It did go as expected, and folks are talking about the on-stage introduction that we saw and that we talked about yesterday. Apparently, uh, Xi Jinping just stood there, and Joe Biden was kind of like happily ready, excited with his hand out, like running across the stage. So not only did we like kind of not look like we were in a position of power, we looked awfully eager uh, to be hanging out with China. So uh, it just wasn't a good look for us. It's like dating. You meet somebody, and you send a text, and you wait for a text. But then there's a point in time it's like, all right, who's the next one to send the text? You don't want to double text. You don't want to double text. You don't want to seem too anxious, but you want them to know you're interested. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, so it didn't. It wasn't a good look, but overall, I don't know that there were any huge gaffes. Um, we still have time for that, though, of course. Uh, yesterday, also, uh, Schmidt is dunking on Biden yesterday. I wonder, and I think this is probably the case, being an attorney myself and being very competitive. So Schmidt had that lawsuit out there to put the kibosh on the student loan forgiveness program, and yesterday the Eighth Circuit ruled in his favor, along with a bunch of other attorney generals. Of course, a different court in Texas did that last week, so I wonder if your Schmitz people if you're like, I wish I was for, you know, I wanted to be the first, right? Um, but a win is a win and uh, really exciting. Now with two uh, courts saying, Biden, you can't do that. Uh, hopefully, uh, even if this goes up on appeal, hopefully the courts on appeal agree and we get rid of this $10,000 student loan forgiveness. And I think the thing with the 10000 student loan forgiveness is it, it, besides the money that we're going to pay for, besides the fact that you have these kids that signed their name and said, yes, I want to go to school, I want to pay for this, and I will dutifully pay you back, the lessons it starts to send these people. Like, oh, hey, remember that one time student loan and they forgave? Maybe it'll happen again. That's what I'm worried about. I well, and I'm worried just about the presidential power, right? When people, when everyone, including the actual executive branch and Nancy Pelosi, was telling Biden, "Hey, uh, Congress has the power of purse. You can't do this," and the president's like, "I don't really care. I'm going to do it anyway." Um, that part freaks me out a little bit. Um, and so I think, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing this get up to a higher court of appeals and seeing the court of appeals put the stop to the abuse of executive power. But getting a little legal there. Um, yesterday we had a bad day in Arizona. Uh, uh, we've, um, uh, Katie Hobbs, uh, beat Carrie Lake. Um, it was very close. It actually might go to an automatic recount. Uh, they don't have a provision where I guess the candidates can request a recount, but if it's within a half a percent, it goes to an automatic recount. They're not even done counting yet. So, but it doesn't look good for Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake was pretty confident yesterday. Uh, we know we think we should be in good shape. There's we think we should be in good shape. A few votes out there, but we're, we're liking our chances. Well, and people will say she was a 2020 election denier. Of course, after this was called against her last night, she tweeted, Arizonians no BS when they see it. So it's not like she's conceding. And then did you see the other Twitters? They're like, yeah, we do no BS when we see it. Referencing Carrie Lake. There are a lot of folks on the ground. Arizona's been really weird. We'll see how it all shakes out. Also, Republicans are uh, back, and the Congress is back today. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Hi, I'm Becky Arms, and I am so excited that you get to experience a bit of the thoughts I hear every single day. Enjoy. Chris, 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 Chris. Chris for Arps, chrisarps.com. C-H-R-I-S. 
see him on Newsmax TV all the time. Here, here every week. Now he's got his own radio show. By the way, heard you I was cruising through town Friday to go see my dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thought you were going to call in. Uh, I was going to. Uh, there's just nothing <laughs> exciting happening for me to call oh, in. Oh, <laughs> wow. No, I'm kidding. Was I there that day? Uh, you were there. Friday. You did Chris's Corner. <laughs> And the thing that struck me the most about Christmas, uh, 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 about Chris's Corner, was your intro music for yeah, Chris's it Corner, familiar, doesn't and it? it sounded like Chris, 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 Chris. I will happily admit that I stole it when we started the show. And my partner, Speaker Tim Jones, he has a segment called the Speaker Stump Speech, and so he has some intro music, and they put together a little intro. And I was like, man, mine's going to be easy. I'm just going to steal Brandon's. Chris, Chris, Chris. It's excellent. Well, and it works. Know. It sounds good, man. <laughs> it was, it's cool to hear you on the radio in St. Louis. Chris Harps, Chris Harps.com. Dude knows Missouri politics. You see him on Newsmax TV all the time. So we know we talk about the Missouri politics, but I want to yeah. ask about your visits like on Newsmax because I don't get yes, the sir. opportunity to watch Newsmax. Is it like... Is the feel on Newsmax, we got to get away from Trump, or no, we need to shore up behind Trump? I think it's the sentiment that you're seeing all around the country. It's kind of half and half right now. You have folks that supported Donald Trump through both elections, uh, were not fans of some of his antics, of his personality, but knew that the alternative was terrible, so they voted, voted for him. And I think you're having some of those folks are starting to see uh, Glenn Youngkin and, and Ron DeSantis and maybe some other candidates and are looking for a, 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 a new future. Uh, I think some people are tired of talking about 2020 and the election is stolen. And I think you can make a very credible case through the numbers and the exit poll polling is that uh, abortion was one factor and they were able to hang Trump around a lot of our candidates and that's the reason we lost a lot of these close races. A lot of people don't want to hear that, and they accuse you of hating Trump or or, or not liking Trump. But the numbers don't lie, Brandon. Oh, and, I, I, and Trump turned off yeah. independent and moderate voters. And, and my, my big thing is the independents, the moderates, the in-betweeners. We have our people in our tent. They have their people in their tent. And then it's messaging to the best, the people that are milling around the tents at the festival. Come in here. Look what we got for you. No, come in here. We got free samples of this. Trying to encourage these people to come in. And I had said, following the Dobbs decision, listen, the majority of Americans, not only are they in favor of some kind of abortion, but they have yeah. been for a long time time and seemed to ride that way for a while and then it kind of fluttered back because the economy sucked um but exit polling is you're saying exit polling is showing yeah it was the the choice the freedom of women's choices to do what their body had a big play in this election it did and also too what's kind of surprising there was a red wave uh that came out brandon um republicans outvoted democrats by four to five million votes what happened was, which is a rare phenomenon usually uh, nowadays, we had ticket splitting. Um, people don't split their tickets anymore, but they did um, this election. And the exit polling numbers show um, inflation was a the number one concern among the voters. But as I said, right behind it was abortion and Trump or uh, democracy is in peril, as they called it. And those were factors in a lot of these races. 
Chris Harps hanging out with us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. Because there's a lot of things that you can go through here. Well, what was, was it this? Was it that? And I think with everyone, you take, yep, it was that. It was that. And yep, you can lay some blame on that, too. It was the candidates. It was the kookiness. It was the weirdness. It was unfounded, widespread election claims that would have changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. None of that, none of that materialized. And people still want to hang their hats on it. And Lindsey Graham, um, a month before the election, having a press conference saying he's going to introduce a national abortion ban one month uh, before the election didn't help. Didn't help either. How'd your boy do in uh, running against Corey Bush? Corey Bush uh, in St. Louis. I think your guy has a fascinating story. <laughs> Republican black man running for the district held by Corey Bush. Defund the police. We hate the police. And that's how they win, yeah. man. Pretty stout challenger. who had actually been on the show. Very nice gentleman. Uh, very passionate about what he believes in. Some of the best stories he told would be campaigning. We'd go to somebody's door. Hi, I'm Andrew Jones. I'm a black Republican running for Senate. And some of the looks this guy would get like, huh? And the kids are not, mama, mama, come see this. It's a black Republican. For real. Come. Get the cell phone. Take pictures. Call everybody you know. It was like that for him. It was. It was. And I tell you, he, he, he got more. And I think that phenomenon that I just told you about that, um, candidates that were soon to be um, too tied to Donald Trump or uh, denied elections, those candidates didn't necessarily do well. And I think that proves, um, in this case, Andrew didn't do as well as we would have liked. He didn't win. But if you look at the votes in the city, Andrew Jones actually got 5,000 more votes in the city than Eric Schmidt, our Senate nominee. So what is what does that tell you? Black. Vote for the black guy. <laughs> Seriously, all <laughs> that, oh, I'm going to vote for the no, black guy. Know, I don't think that's out of line, Marsh. I Well, well, you know, Repu- there's not a lot, of, a lot of Republicans in the city. So in order for, for Andrew Jones to amass more votes than Eric Schmidt, who was the, our Senate nominee, means that a lot of Democrats crossed over for him, including uh, we got the Republican vote, but a lot of Democrats crossed over for him in order for him to have more votes than Schmidt in the city. And I'm trying, by the way, our guest is Christopher Arbs, chrisarbs.com. You can catch him several times a week on Newsmax TV. has his own afternoon radio show in St. Louis. Been hanging out with the Wake Up Mid-Missouri family for quite some time now. But do you get up and you feel like it's just this this littered landscape of all kinds of problems. Like if you've ever had a flood in your house and you go, okay, we got to clean this house. I don't know where to start. You get that sense? I I, I don't know where to start. Well, I I know the Republicans are going to have to do some serious soul searching. Looks like we're going to win the House, but it's only going to be a two to three seat majority, which is going to make um, um, trying to govern that caucus very, very difficult. Um, I've predicted that I don't think Kevin McCarthy is going to be the the speaker. He doesn't have the votes. Um, People have said that he doesn't have the votes. 
Um, the two people that you would think that would be next in line, Scalise, um, who was shot. Um, I don't think he'll want to jump into a caucus with a two-seat majority. Um, Jim Jeffords, who or Jim uh, Jordan, who is the congressman from Ohio, he's part of the House Freedom Caucus. He has endorsed McCarthy for speakership, but I don't think he'll do it either. It's just too unwieldy of a caucus. I'm predicting, Brandon, that the fourth in line, at least Stefanik, who is the Republican House whip chair, will be the next Speaker of the House. Republicans can put a softer face on the party, having a woman. And they can also claim, hey, we've had our first woman female speaker. I think she'll be the next. Speaker. Here's why I like Steve Scalise being put forward as the uh, House leader. He's got the, you know, he was the one shot at the ball game, miraculously mm-hmm. made it through. I think there's a story, and that story will always be with him. Every time he goes yeah. and makes an appearance, every time he gets on the floor and speaks, there is no escaping. Yeah, that was the guy that was shot by, by Democrats intent to kill this guy. I yeah. think in my mind, that would be the absolute best pick. Get Mr. Scalise up there because of that story, that constant reminder of the sickness of these progressives, the same progressives. Remember the uh, uh, the, the politician that killed a reporter in Nevada because he didn't like what he was reporting, that stuff. The same people that went to Kavanaugh's house to try to assassinate him, the same people that have been pestering Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett following the Hobbs decision all of those i mean all those people uh and you could put steve scalise speaker of the house and boom there he is you got to fight with that every day i think he would be a great leader but as i said it goes back republicans are going to have a two or three seat majority um in in the house um brandon that's about the equivalent of trying to herd gerbils it's going to be very very difficult and i don't think he will uh will want that that headache of doing that I mean, it's practically, I put it in, in other terms, which is uh, dealing with the last few years. With a two-seat majority, every, all 220, 22 Republicans that are in the Republican conference will all be Joe Manchin. <laughs> throwing a monkey wrench into everything. So this is going to be just, you know, if you're a political analyst, it's going to be fun to watch this. But as a Republican, you're going to need some Pepto-Bismol and some Tums this next year. If I can afford it. Uh, you go to the, you go to the <laughs> grocery store. <laughs> Come on, ain't that bad, um, is it? Hey, more questions for uh, Mr. Christopher Arps. John Marsh wants to weigh in. We'll continue our conversation with Christopher Arps. Christopher Arps. Dot com here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 90. All things work in Arizona and have for decades. All right, that's Bill Gates. Not that Bill Gates. Bill Gates, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Because people ragging on him. Why is it taking so long to count some votes, man? The election was Tuesday. Here it is the next Tuesday. You're still counting votes. His answer... That's uh, just how we do things here. You so. really shouldn't be bragging about that. Oh, it always is, yeah. We haven't improved this in 30 years. Well, how come? Well, because it's the way we've always done it. Why change it? Awful. Christopher Arps, uh, involved in varying voting uh, projects, various voting projects. When you and your organization looks at something like that, what's happening in Maricopa County with uh, with the the length of time it's trying to get the American people some answers. Went and voted on Tuesday. Would like to have an answer as soon as possible. What do you guys usually see in that? Well, here's what I say, uh, Brandon. You know, both of us are both middle-aged bald guys. 
And you remember when we were growing up, we never had to, like, before we went to bed, hey, we won't know who's elected president because Arizona's still outstanding. <laughs> um, that's BS. <laughs> this has been a recent phenomenon of having votes being counted a week, two weeks, month later, and it's all because of this early voting, mail-in voting BS, which I hate. Look, I, if you are going to be out of town or you're not going to be at the polls, sure. Mail, you know, vote early, absentee ballot, whatever. But now just making, turning election day into election days and weeks is ridiculous. And that's the main reason I believe is why we have these states taking so long to count votes. California still has like over a million votes left. I mean, they're not going to be finished counting until the end of the, the, the month, they're thinking. That's ridiculous. Uh, you, you call it something besides Election Day, Prima Nocta, or something from that old Gelt Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Prima Nocta is? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I can't pronounce it, so it sounds intelligent. It was from a Mel Gibson uh, movie. It had nothing to do with voting. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's on us. It, it's for so long. We've been used to, yeah, we get the votes that night, maybe the next day. And then you had some outliers like Georgia and Hawaii because of their distanced time zones. But I'm wondering, you know, is it something do we need to, you know, hey, even if we don't get elections that day or the following day, is is it a bad thing? And what I don't understand, look, when you're getting all of these mail-in ballots, Count them. Put them in a vault somewhere. And then when Election Day comes, then, then uh, tabulate them into the system. I don't know why we wait or why some of these states wait <laughs> until Election Day to start counting millions of mail-in ballots. Because that's what their law tells them they can do. I mean, <laughs> you're right, though. There need to be changes about when you it can does. count. And I think that would help. I also, But I also think the problem's going to get worse before it gets better because I think Nevada just voted for ranked choice voting and oh, tabulating... Ranked choice in Alaska has it. I think they're going to make runs at other states and trying to tabulate who got first, who's on second, who's on third. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, I'm glad that fizzled here. Yeah. Me but too. it seems uh, like it's a movement that, uh, that they're going to try to try to uh, foster all around the country. It's basically an incumbent protection plan. And we see that working beautifully for Murkowski in in uh, in Alaska. She should have lost, but she's going to win. She, she's losing, but she's probably going to win this election on the second ballot because she's probably the Democrats' second choice, and that'll put her over the top. And uh, ranked choice voting not doing Sarah Palin. I don't know if it's ranked cho choice voting or if it's just Sarah Palin that's not doing yeah. Sarah Palin. Ranked choice voting is ranked. What do you think of that? Uh, Chris Arbs, com, hanging out with us this morning on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. And is the handwriting yeah. on the wall for forgiving <laughs> student loan debt? I think so. I don't think that's going, going to happen. The courts have struck it down. It's unconstitutional. Nancy Pelosi has said this is something that Congress has to do. Very interesting factoid regarding that. Um, we all thought that was a cynical ploy by Biden and the Democrats to uh, get the youth vote. It worked. The exit polls show that the millennial and Gen Z broke for uh, the Democrats in record numbers this year. Hannah, so did you uh, actually worked with the student loan forgiveness potentially hanging over your head when you went into the polling place last Tuesday? Did did you stop for a second and go, oh, thank you, Joe. You get a vote for me. Did that happen? No. Uh, I didn't think it did. Oh, I wasn't talking to me. No. No. 
Uh, well, for Hannah, she's got some money out there. She borrowed some money from uh, from Joe. And so she stands to benefit from this, but it breaks her heart because she is against, she is adamantly against this idea. But she's also a planning a wedding. <laughs> I have one explanation that I'm not a hundred percent sure has been thrown out there. But what about status quo? What if what if it's not that they that people agreed with the Dems, but just that we've been in a world of chaos for the last two years with inflation, with COVID, with everything else, and people are so just sick of riding the roller coaster that they're like, you know what? I'm just going to vote to keep the status quo because even though, you know, it's not been the best, I can't handle another wave of changes. 